know and some don't know with a 21-day fast. Okay? 20, can I get a better amen? <laughs> I know. I know that's not, that don't sound too exciting, right? But, but what does sound exciting is the results that come out of praying and fasting. And so I, it's, it's like telling somebody, if you don't really like weights, well, we're going to go work out. You know, or if you don't like to run, hey, we're going to go run a marathon. And some people are going to be like, yay. And some people are like, what? You know, but the result of running a marathon, the result of working out, the result of praying and fasting is powerful. And, and what I've learned over the years is anything that is worthwhile and good takes sacrifice. And so we're going to start this year off doing something that is so biblical, and, and you cannot get any more important than prayer. Prayer is what moves God's hand. And, and prayer is what, is what causes miracles to happen and things to take place. And so I want to I give you some verses this morning um, of, of why we pray and why we fast and how we can fast and some attitudes we can have uh, during this fast because I can promise you um, that you'll see results. Uh, Jesse Lemon said at the end of the first service at 9 o'clock that he, he loves this time, and I concur with him because he loves the results. He has seen time and time again that any time he's ever fasted, he has seen things happen. So, so this morning, before we read this, we're realizing that today is the 6th of January, and as a church and as a fellowship, we're doing this fast. Now, obviously, we're not going to ask you how you're doing, and we're not going to say how many times did you pray today, and we're not going to make you sign something, but this is something between you and the Lord that you're saying, I'll join this, and, and at the very least, do something. Maybe you can't do the whole 21 days. Maybe you won't do the whole 21 days. But, but just, just this morning, we ask as a church that you just say, I'm going to get involved somehow. And, and see, and, and you'll have a better understanding when I get done why we do 21 days and all these things. But it's the beginning of the year. Now, let me know at the beginning of the year, it's so important to understand the freshness of having a fresh start. Now, I, I, it's really true that when 1159 turns to 12 on December 31st, it really is just another day, right? There's really nothing special about that day. Me and my wife ran into someone at the store, and she's like, I'll be in bed at 8 or 7 or whatever time she said. She says, it don't make a difference if I'm awake or not. It's going to change to 2019. And it's true. There's really nothing supernatural that happens. But how many agree that there is a feeling that something's new? There's a feeling of like... It's a new year. I've got a new chance to start over. I, if, I, if I didn't do some things I want to do last year, I can. It's a fresh start. There's just something about that word new. How many like the word new? I mean, most of the time, new is better than old. Amen? New is good. Uh, not always, but most of the time. And so this is a new year and a new opportunity to start off. And so the exciting thing is, I don't have this in my notes I didn't say this in the first service, but I was just thinking about it. the power of numbers. The power of numbers. We always tell, tell, tell each other in our church here that we can do more together than we can do by ourselves. And, and so we could never send a church to Tanzania uh, by ourselves. We could never start a church in Carrollton by ourselves. We couldn't start this by ourselves. It, it takes team. It takes work. It takes people. But how exciting is it this morning, especially if you're visiting or new, to think about the fact that right now in, it, it is, uh, my, 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 my watch, it's not 8, 835. My watch says 835. I need a new battery. 
11.44. It's close on the minute at least. Um, 11.44. So it's about 7.45 in Africa right now in Nairobi, in Arusha. Eight hours ahead. So they're, they're still on the same day, but they've already had their church service this morning, and they're starting their fast. Over in Ireland, they're starting their fast. In Czech Republic, they're starting their fast. In Mexico City, they're starting their fast. Down in Costa Rica, where we just were, they're starting their fast. All around the world, in Russia, Pastor Poppy, and in Canada, and, and I'll stop saying countries, but all around the world, we have our family members that are not just part of the body of Christ, but they're part of the more direct body of Christ of ours, which is Victory World Outreach, fasting with us for 21 days. Can you imagine what is going to happen in the spiritual realm with thousands and thousands of people praying and fasting together with a common purpose, amen? How exciting is that to think about that? That it's not just me, it's not, I mean, it would be exciting if it was just us. Because the Bible says one can put a 1,000 to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight. And so if you, do, if you do math, that just keeps adding up and all of a sudden, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of angels. It's a lot of action happening. So please be a part of this because I don't want you to miss out at the end of the month when we have testimony services. I don't want you to miss out and say, man, I wish I would have fasted because we will have testimonies. We had testimonies at the end of that fast. We had testimonies all year long. Am I, am I lying this morning? All year long of physical, of marital, of financial, of, of souls being saved because of the fast we did at the beginning of the year, and then we did another one in August. And so I just want to encourage you to get excited about this, not because fasting is fun, because fasting is not fun. And if you think it's fun, then you need to fast something else. Because fasting is not fun. Fasting is awesome. Fasting is beneficial. And fasting is powerful. But it's not fun because when you fast, you deny yourself. But I want to give you one reason, and there's plenty, but I want to give you the main reason why we fast. Why, why are we doing this? Are we, are we doing this? In, in part, maybe we're doing this because we're being obedient because everybody else is doing it and because it's good, because the, the Word of God says it. But I want to give you a real reason, a really good reason that you can take home today that'll, that'll stay in your mind for the next 21 days and for the rest of your life of why. And it's in Matthew chapter 17. Because I believe that everybody here has things that they want to see happen in their lives. I believe everybody here, if maybe it's not this exact thing I say, maybe you, you need a better job this year. You need a job this year. Um, you're, you need a, a touch in your physical body. You need a financial breakthrough. You need a touch in your marriage. You need a touch in relationships with your kids or people around you. I mean, I could go on and on. I don't have to tell you what your need is. We've all got something that it, it could be considered a wall this morning. Something that is over there that I want to get to, that I want to I I accomplish, that I want to see happen and there's a wall in between me and that thing happening. And there's only one thing that can change that. And we see this in Matthew 17. And we're going to pick up in verse 14. And if you don't have a Bible, you can look on the screen. It says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. How many need mercy this morning? For he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and into the water. So I brought him to your disciples. Now watch this. But they could not cure him. 
So what this means to say is that there are things that, that, are, that seem impossible. There are things that we can't get victory over. There are things we can't get breakthrough of. And verse 17 says, Then Jesus said, Oh, faithless. Now don't take this the wrong way. Just, just take it for what it is. He says, Faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? He says, Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. How many know when Jesus heals somebody, Jesus does it right and Jesus does it perfect? Amen. We serve a God who today still heals. How many believe that? He still heals. He still delivers. He still sets people free, as Jesse said at the, at the prayer time. Those 15 years of meth addiction are gone. Amen. We have testimonies all across this place. We all have a testimony of what the Lord has delivered us from and what God has done in our life because Jesus is real. Tell someone next to you, Jesus is real. He is. He's real. His power is real. There's power in his name. And so this story tells us that immediately he was healed. And so the disciples were bothered. And they, they wondered, why couldn't we do that? What, that we, we know that that's what we're supposed to do, but why couldn't we do that? And so today you're saying, why can't I get breakthrough? Why can't I get past this addiction? Why can't I get past this problem in my life? Why can't I get over this? And, and again, all of us have something there that we need breakthrough for. Maybe it's just, I want to see God move in my life. Maybe you don't have at this morning some, some humongous problem, but... You just want to see God move. I know I do. I just want to see God move. I just want to see a revival sweep through our church and through our city and through our world. And I believe we're going to. I believe this is the year. I believe it's, it, it, it's the time. Amen? But there's something holding that back, which is the enemy. And Jesus goes on to say, they say, why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we cast it out? And watch what Jesus has answered. So this is the number one reason why we pray and fast. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. But not just your unbelief. He says, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, do you believe that this morning, that there's nothing impossible for God? But here's the key. All that we've heard before and all that sounds good, but the last sentence is the most important. He says, this, however, this kind. Now, in this moment, he's talking about this demonic spirit. But what we're saying here in this verse is this kind means this situation, this problem, this thing, this, whatever it is, you put it there, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. He's saying, this situation will not change. This physical body will not be healed. That marital problem won't be, won't be restored. That financial breakthrough won't happen. That revival won't take place unless you pray and fast. And so we, we have to get to a place this morning where we realize if, if I'm not seeing the results that I want to see in my life and I feel like I should be seeing, it's not because God does not have the power to do it. It's because we don't have the will to pray and fast. The will to get serious and say, I've tried a whole lot of other stuff. I'm going to try what God's word says, which is fasting. Father, anoint your word this morning. 
open our hearts and our ears and and don't let us just be here passing time and and just hearing the word but let let these words get into into us and let them challenge us and let them cause fruit to come out by our actions by really saying this morning God I want to I want to get involved in this praying and fasting and help me have the right attitude about it. Help me do it with the attitude of Christ and the spirit of Christ. And, and, and let faith arise in me this morning so that I can see results and I can see victories and I can see breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'll go to the book of Daniel, I want to show you a couple of scriptures here that are really powerful. Daniel chapter 9 in the Old Testament. Small book near Joel, near Hosea. If you find Ezekiel, if you're new in the Lord, it's after Ezekiel. That's kind of a big book, easier to find. Daniel chapter 9. I want to show you some scriptures in here uh, of how to pray and how to fast. And I want to say this, and I'll say it several times during the message. Your attitude towards fasting is real important. Because if if you're going to do this just because we're doing it and because we should... There, there's, a good, there, there's a goodness in that. There's a balance in that. But if you're going to have a bad attitude about it, just don't do it. Because that, that's, with God, that, our attitude is everything. It's, it's like what the Bible says about giving. It says if you give grudgingly, he says, I don't want your offering grudgingly. So if you're going to give an offering like, oh, man, I got it. Oh, it's painful. It's just like, and you're just like throwing it. Just keep it. God doesn't want it. And God doesn't want us praying and fasting, angry or upset or forced or mad, although those things might be characteristics of your personality while you're fasting because you do get a little bit irritable when you don't have sugar or chocolate or food that you like, right? So that it's there, but you get what I'm saying. The attitude there will be fixed by the praying and fasting, but, you know, don't do it like, oh, you know, I got to do it, and I should do it, and God, I, I really think and believe, if I think about this, that this could really benefit my life. This could really benefit my church. This could really benefit my family. So, Father, help me have a good attitude about this so that I can do this with a good spirit, and when I'm weak and when I have those struggles, help me with it, because I, I want to I see you move. All right, that's the kind of spirit and attitude we have to have. So, Daniel chapter 9 He gives us a really good example here, and I want to read this, um, a few verses. And I think I want to read um, from 3, if you've got your Bibles there. Verse 3. Now, I want to say this real quick. This this can happen sometimes. When you're going to read a lot of verses, it's not like a whole chapter, but there's several. Don't start thinking about lunch or, or whatever you got to do later or, or get bored and like, because some people like have the attention span of one verse. And then once you get past that, it's like, you know, start counting sheep or butterflies or whatever. Every verse I'm going to read is important. And I'm not reading them just to, like, take up time. So really, really stay with me on this. But the first verse in verse 3 is really important, and it's an attitude. Daniel says, I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Listen again, I set my face towards the Lord God. One of the reasons we don't see the results we want to see a lot of times is because we're, we're focused on the problem and the constant circumstance and not the, the one who can fix it. So it's easy for us in prayer to be focused on the problem. 
And God's saying here through Daniel, I set my face, I set my eyes, I set my focus on God. How many know that when we focus on God, our eyes are up? God's not in the ground. God's not down in hell. God's with us in his presence, but we know that God is, is in heaven. He's above. He's above everything, and so he's up. And so I'm looking up, and I'm not looking at my circumstances. I'm looking beyond my circumstances, and I'm setting my face towards the Lord, and I'm making a request in prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Now, a lot of times that word can get somebody kind of confused what sackcloth and ashes. When you read the Old Testament, oh, that, they did that thing, and we just kind of go, oh, Sackcloth and ashes is when they would put on some very uncomfortable clothes to, to sacri- be sacrificial, and, but that uncomfortable clothes would cause them to be in a position and a feeling and in in a, in a state of mind of uncomfort so they could be humble, which is what sackcloth and ashes is, humble, and also reverent, and also um, in the attitude of, of humility and, and repentance is what sackcloth and ashes is. So they would burn ashes, and then they would put the ashes on their head and different stuff. So I don't recommend anybody does that. Amen. But the attitude of humility there is praying with a humility that if God doesn't move, nothing's going to happen. That's what that means. Now, go with me into the next verse. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession. That's important. Made confession. And said, O Lord, great And I love to see that my favorite words in the Bible, great and awesome God. Eh? Good word, huh? He's awesome. And Daniel thought he was too. He's an awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. Now watch this. So I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm going to give you in a second a few attitudes of prayer. And we're seeing one right here is is Daniel is worshiping. He's saying, God, you're awesome. God, you're amazing. God, you're so powerful. God, you're omnipotent. I'm using different words, but he says he's an awesome God. And then he goes into confession. And verse 5, he says, we have sinned and committed iniquity. And we have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. How many know when things don't go right, it's not God? A lot of times it's us. We're getting off the path. We're not doing what we're supposed to do. We're, we're putting the world first. We're, we're, we're not in alignment. Neither have we, verse 6, heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O oh Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us shame of face, as it is this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and all Israel, those near and those far, in all countries. Now stay with me. I don't start thinking about butterflies. To which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness though we have rebelled against him. Daniel is saying a prayer here. He's, he's giving a model prayer. And I said this earlier, this is important to understand. It's not a model prayer that we just go, with, so tomorrow when you go to pray, you read this and that's your prayer. The Bible says not to pray in vain repetitions. Okay, so we're not, we're not, we're not but you can model it. You can see his heart and his spirit behind the prayer and you can use that. And so it's like the Lord's Prayer. You know, we don't just recite those things. The the Lord's Prayer, when he said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he began to say that prayer. It wasn't so that we would just pray that. 
word for word. He was showing us personality traits and spirit of humility in that prayer and ways that we should pray because God wants us to pray to him from our hearts. Amen. If I tell my wife the same, it's, if it's, it's good if I tell my wife I love her every day, but if I tell her the same way every day and I tell her the same words every day, she's eventually going to begin to wonder if, she, if I really do. She's going to think, could you tell me a different way? Can you change it up a little bit? And God could get like that with us. Like, you've been praying the same way every day. Can you, how do you really feel? Right? So, so, so being real with God is huge. And Daniel is being real. And he's humble. And, he's, and I love what he's doing here. He's not only praying for himself, but he's including everybody else. He's saying, we. We have sinned. We have fallen short. We have made a mistake. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord. We've all transgressed, verse 11, and, and has departed not to obey, as to obey your voice, though the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. Now watch these last two verses. And he confirmed his words. This is really important. God will confirm his word. If he says that there's power in prayer and fasting, there's power in prayer and fasting. If he says he'll move, he'll move. If he says he's going to judge, he'll judge. Everything he says is going to happen. And so he says he confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our judges who judge us by bringing upon us a great disaster. Do you, do you ever stop and think how graceful God is? And, and, and if we got what we deserved, none of us would be sitting in here this morning. I mean, there, there is a lot, I would say, I want to say sometimes, there's a lot of times we need to stop and say, God, thank you for your grace and your mercy that I'm here and that I'm alive because, you know, you, there's, there's that relationship of I know I'm your son, but, but man, if you wanted to, you could do anything you want. And, and he's, he's showing that humility. He says, thank you for not bringing that disastrous on us. Finish with me. For under the whole heaven, such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us. Watch this. Yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord. How many times are we not seeing the results we want to see because we're not praying to the Lord? I'm guilty of it. I believe we're all guilty of it. I believe we're all guilty of, of, of trying to fix the problem and praying later trying to think about it, trying to, trying to manipulate, trying to whatever, just be involved, hands in, and then, and then later on when it really gets bad, oh, Lord, help. By the way, that's, that's, that's not the way God wants it to be. He, he wants the prayer to be first. He wants the prayer to be ahead of the game. Okay, so how many are seeing the attitude here? There's an attitude of prayer here, an attitude of repentance, an attitude of confession, an attitude of humility that I'm nobody, you're awesome, you're everybody, but somehow you have chosen to allow me, this nobody, to be able to talk to you, that great somebody, and you tell me in your word that if I speak to a mountain, the mountain will move. Wow. It's pretty awesome, God. But I want to make sure that when I make these petitions to you that my heart is right, my spirit's right, and that I realize that I'm nobody, but through you, I can do all things, as Philippians says. Amen. So why 21 days? 
quickly, if you look at Daniel, oh, sorry, I, I almost got ahead of myself. We're going to get to 121 days in a second. Go to 17 right there in that same chapter, verse chapter 9. A couple important verses. Now, therefore, O oh God, why do we pray? He says, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications. And for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. How many know we need his presence in this place? Oh, my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. Now watch this, last verse. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, listen and act. Let me read that part again. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, listen and act. That's what God's going to do in these next 21 days. He's going to hear. He's going to forgive. And he's going to act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. How many know that there's greater works that God still wants to do in Denton, Texas? In Crum, Sanger, and Corinth, and Louisville, and and all around the cities that are surrounding here that, are, that we live in, he wants to do something great. But he can't act if we don't pray. And so why 21 days? Before I get in, begin to close here this morning, uh, 21 days is symbolic because uh, for many reasons, but it's, it's in Daniel where he, he prayed for three weeks. As you look at Daniel chapter 10, verse 2 and 3, it says, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. A week is seven days, seven times three is 21. It says, I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now, there's many different types of fasts in the Bible. There's three-day fast. There's 10-day fast. There's 21-day fast. There's 40-day fast. There's all kinds of different fasts. This is one we've chose to do as a fellowship in a church 21 days, going off of the Bible. How many know that we don't do things just to do them? We do them because they're in the Bible. We do it out of obedience. But now that we know that we should pray and fast for 21 days, we're at the beginning of the year, and we, 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 maybe you came in and you didn't even know we were doing a fast, and now you know and you're saying, hey, I want to get on board. This sounds like something I could be participate in. Now, now the key is, how do I pray? What do I pray for? In a couple weeks, on the 20th of January, Two weeks from today, we're going to be having our goals Sunday, which we've been doing for many years, which, where you bring in your goals that you have for your life, your marriage, your finances, your ministry, um, personal goals, physical goals, spiritual goals, whatever you want. And you bring them in, and we'll, bring them, we'll have everybody come forward, and we'll pray over those goals. And, and, and raise your hand just so other people will see if you've seen those goals come to pass in this place. If you've written down goals, and during the year you've seen them come to pass. All over this place, people have seen I've seen them. You don't always see all of them come to pass. But lots of goals that you wrote down at the, because Habakkuk says, write down the vision, make it plain so people can run with it there that read it. So you write something down, and you say, I'm, I'm going to shoot for this. Right? I'm going to shoot for this. So why do we do this? Here's, here's what I want to begin to close with. Five types, if you'll write these down, and it's not going to take long, and it won't bore you, I promise. Five types of attitudes towards prayer that we should have. And this is really, really important. And I'm going to stay on number one for a minute because this one's, it's, it's like if you don't, you know, if you don't, with anything, if you don't get the first one, you don't get the rest. You'll never get the five if you don't get one. Number one, if someone asks me this morning, 
How, how can I make this the most successful praying and fasting I've ever done? I'll tell you right now with number one, praise and thanksgiving. Praise and thanksgiving is number one. If you get that attitude right, you'll, you'll win the battle. And, and it's not that hard, it's, but it's a decision. That I'm going to praise and thank God. It, it, praise and thanksgiving is not, is not attitude based off of what you see. Praise and thanksgiving is an attitude based off of what God says. Praise and thanksgiving is an attitude that comes from my heart of gratitude that he has saved my life. And that, that I may have some things going on in my life that I don't really care for. Or they're not going the way I want or they're going bad. But somebody's got it way worse than I do. Praise and thanksgiving. Amen. It's so important that we understand that. So if you get that part right, where you're praising the Lord, that was the part of the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be thy name. God, Jesus began to praise and worship God before he ever prayed. And if you stay in that constant attitude of praise and thanksgiving, it'll make the other ones happen. It's so important. And how many know that we all have things to be thankful for? And even if we don't have anything to be thankful for, we have plenty to praise. Because the Bible says that he is worthy of our praise. You know, if God never did anything for you, he's worthy of our praise. If he never did anything for us, he's worthy of our praise. Because he's God. Period. He doesn't have to do anything for us. He's God. And, and the Bible says that the, 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 the heavens proclaim his glory. The stars worship him. The animals worship him. Everybody worships him. And so I just choose to do that too because he is worthy. Regardless of whether I get anything out of this 21 days, I do this out of obedience, but I'm praising and thanking him because this morning I'm saved. My name is in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with God. The rest is just a bonus. There's plenty to praise for. So this is an attitude. Uh, during the next 21 days in all your life, I, I, I wake up in the morning and I praise God for another day. I praise God for, for salvation. I thank him for the things that I have and thank him for the things I don't have. Number two, this is important, and this comes out of praise and thanksgiving, is a spirit of confession. Spirit of confession. Not just, when we hear the word confession, we kind of maybe think of, of confessing our sins, and that's a humongous part of it. We need to confess our sins. We need to say, Lord, as you heard Daniel say there, we have failed. We have not listened to your statutes. We have, we have gone astray. We haven't prayed. You're confessing those things, but we also need to confess our need for God. I need you, God. I need you, God. I, I can't do this without you. I don't want to do this without you. I confess, and, and I pour out my heart, okay? So the first two are, is pouring out our hearts to God, praising him and thanking him, and then saying, Lord, as I praise you and I thank you, I confess that I need you. I confess that I'm a sinner. I confess that I fall short. I confess I'm, I'm, I'm letting out, and I'm saying, Lord, show me what's in my life that doesn't line up. Show me attitude, show me uh, unforgiveness, show me anger, show me frustration, show me those things so that I can confess them. And Lord, forgive me for the things I don't know I do. Number three, then now you begin to ask. You have praised, you have thanked him, you have confessed, and here, here's why now three can happen. Because, because of my praise and thanksgiving and my confession, now I'm in a position to ask. Okay, I'm in a position to ask. Now I can say, Lord, 
I need something from you. There, there's some, some requests I've got. There's some, some things I'm going through. There's some problems I've got. Um, and you begin to petition, request, ask. Okay, that's an attitude of asking. Number four is an attitude of intercession. That you begin now to pray for others. And, and, and I can tell you this, if you, if you get praise and thanksgiving, now there's nothing wrong with asking for yourself. We should. I feel like I fall short on that. I feel like I don't ask enough. But, specifically, especially, but I almost feel like that if your heart is right and you're doing that praise and thanksgiving one right and you're confessing one right, sometimes you skip over three because you're so concerned about other people. And your heart is so concerned about Lord bless them. And here's the good thing about that, that when you're concerned about other people, the Bible principles tells us God will take care of us. So you might find yourself praying and asking for less, praying and asking more for other people out of that spirit of intercession. And the last one is reflection. The attitude is, now, Lord, speak to me. Did I ask wrong on some of those things? Is there something I didn't confess? Lord, what, what do you want to say in this scripture I read this morning? What are you speaking to me? You know when you wake up in the morning and if you get in your word like we should and you read a, you know, like I always say, I'll help you out. I give you a verse right off the, right off the bat to start the day. So even if you forget, you've got a verse to look at. If you look at that verse and pray and say, God, what does this verse mean for me today? How do, how do I apply this to my life today? How, how does this speak to me. And sometimes it might be a verse that you, you think, man, that, that can't be for, for anything practical for me. But if your heart's right, God will make it, make it make sense. So these attitudes are so important. Praise and thanksgiving, confession, petition, intercession, and reflection. Now, at, going out of here today, I want to give you a few thoughts on how we can fast. How exactly do I do that? You do that exactly how the Lord leads you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you some ways you can. One way is the hardest way, and to be honest, very few people do this, and very few people can do this. I've never done it, which is 21 straight days of water. And I always say, if any of you do that, you're leading the prayer, you're leading the prayer, uh, prayer time on that last Sunday after 21 days because you, you're going to be touching heaven. It's hard. Very few people can do that. But hey, whatever the Lord puts in your heart. Some people do what's called a Daniel fast, which is actually in the first and second chapters of Daniel, where he, for 10 days, said, I'm not going to eat meats. That's not, I'm not too, I'm not too a fan of that one. But he said, I'm not going to eat meats, and I'm not going to eat bread, and I'm not going to eat sweets. I'm going to eat nothing but fruits and vegetables and water for 10 days. So Daniel fast is 21 days of fruits and vegetables and water. That's another one. Another one would be, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to fast one, one whole day without eating anything. So this can all vary during the 21 days. However the Lord leads, however you and your attitude decide. I said this in the first service, don't feel like Rocky right now when you come out of a Rocky movie, right? See that Rocky movie and you, you just come out and you just want to box, right? You want to fight somebody because Rocky beat everybody up, right? Did anybody else have that feeling when you came out? You were like, look, are you looking at me? Huh? Right? We come out of that thing like, dun, 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 
There's just something, right? Don't feel that right now. Oh, pastor talked about a 21-day fast. I'm doing all the way. I'm doing 21 days. I'm not even going to drink water. That's what some people get in their spirit. And then three hours later, you're dying. Can't go one day, right? Serious. So don't do that. Maybe say, I'm going to try, especially if you're new. Some of us have done this before. I'm going to try a meal. I'm going to skip one meal. And then during that thing, you might get some, you know, it's like anything. It takes stamina. It takes decision. But my biggest thing in this is, is that you would participate somehow, that you would be involved, that you would be in that attitude of prayer and fasting with us for 21 days. And, and the right way, here's the right way, however the Lord leads you. That's the right way. And with the right attitude. I constantly remind myself of that. If I don't have the right attitude, I might as well not do it doing this because I want, I want to, you know, subject myself to discipline and lay some things aside. Another fast, and this is one thing I do a lot of times, is I'll go 24 hours. I'll eat a meal, and then I'll go 24 hours before I eat again. That's another way to do it. So there's all kinds of different ways, and probably the last one is, is one that can be mixed in or can be done instead because unbelievably to me, some people don't have a problem with food. Some people. Pastor Jones used to tell me, you live to eat. I eat to live. Do you hear the difference? And he's right. Like I'm eating, my, I'm eating a meal, and I'm already thinking about the next one. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I believe there's some people in here that are already planning the next one. What am I going to eat? Where am I going to eat? How am I going to eat it? Some people don't have that problem with food. So if you don't have a problem with food, you might have a problem with social media. I read a thing this, this week or heard on the radio, I should say, that there's this app that would tell you how many times a day you pick up your phone. And this one dude, he's like, man, my th- this thing's telling me I picked up my phone 300 and something times a day. Sometimes the first thing we do in the morning is that Facebook or Instagram. I'm not saying that condemning, but that might be a good thing to fast. Whatever in your life is something that you could say, you know what, I'm laying that down. I'm going to sacrifice that. I'm going to put that aside. I'm going to pray and read the word instead. That's, that's what God's looking for. Amen? And, that's, and it all comes from the heart. Y'all still here? Um, do we have Matthew 6? Let me end with that. I think I have it in there. 16. Here's how you pray. Moreover, when you fast, do, don't be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting assuredly I say to you they have their reward but when you fast anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to be fasting but to your father who's in secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly so he's saying it's an attitude that matters amen as you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning, I'm, I want to just remind you again, this is an awesome opportunity. Because James chapter 5 says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. You might say, I'm not righteous. You're righteous because of Christ. You're righteous because of the blood he shed on the cross. You're righteous because you believe in him and you're a child of God. And so if you tap into God's power, it says the effective, 
fer- the effectual fervent meaning continual and fiery and, and hot and excited and, 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 and into it. Prayer of a righteous man will avail much. It means it will bring forth fruit. So this is a real thing this morning. This isn't just something made up. This is a power that God's given us this morning that can move mountains. All over this place this morning, Father, search our hearts. Search our hearts this morning. How many of you here this morning, being honest with God, could say, I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I've never accepted his plan of salvation for my life, that he died for me, that he gave his life for me. If, if, if I passed into eternity today, if, if I lost my life today and I was facing you face to face, what would I say? If you're here and you don't know what you'd say to God, you need Jesus. Because I know what I would say to God. I would say, God, I believe in your son. I believe that your son died on the cross for my sins. I believe he paid the price I could never pay. I believe he rose from the dead. I plead the blood of Jesus. And my name would be in the book of life. But if you're here this morning and you're not sure if that would happen to you and you're not sure where you'd spend eternity, today is the day of your salvation. How many could say, Pastor, would you remember me this morning? I don't want to leave this place without knowing that I'm saved. If that's you, just put your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. God bless you. All over. God bless you. I'm not sure. I'm not asking you this morning, if you haven't listened to anything else this morning, listen to this. I'm not asking you if you have a membership at some church. I'm not asking you if you just believe in God. The Bible says even the demons believe in God God, and tremble. I'm asking, is your name written in the book of life? Have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord? Do you believe in your heart that God rose him from the dead? Do you believe that he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end? Do you believe that there's no other way into heaven except through him? If that's you this morning and you're not sure, say, God, I just want to make sure my heart's right with you this morning. Maybe you're here and at some point in your life you said that prayer, but today you've been kind of out doing your own thing, out and away, and, and, and you, you know there's some stuff has come in and crept in, and, and today God's not number one in your life. How many could say, that's me? Just lift your hand up and say, pray for me this morning. I want to I wanna get right with you. God bless you. Amen. That's why we're open this morning. That's why the church is here, so we can present Christ. So we can make sure every single person in this building is right with God. As we stand to our feet this morning, we're going to have a time of prayer to end this service. And and we're going to declare that this is going to be an awesome year and a year of victory and a year of breakthrough and a year of power. But right before we do, all over this place, as we're just standing here, if you raised your hand or maybe you didn't raise your hand, maybe you're just, you're right there, your heart's like, and you just know inside something's, something's not right. I need to make sure I'm right with God. If you, if you didn't raise, if you raised your hand or if you didn't and you know you need the Lord this morning, you need to make a decision. Would you do one more thing? Would you, would you do something bold? Would you, would you let everybody in here know I need Jesus and just step out of your seat and come down here and stand with me? I want to pray with you this morning. I did it 26 years ago. We don't do it to embarrass you, but we do it because the Bible says, if you'll confess me before man, I'll confess you before my father that's in heaven. 
But if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father that's in heaven. We can't stand for Christ outside of the church walls if we can't stand for Christ inside. So I'm going to give just a few seconds all over this place. I saw some hands go up, and I feel like there's some hearts here that are not sure. You know, I'm going to do a funeral for someone I don't know today at 4 o'clock, a homeless woman that got hit by a train. She's, she's in eternity. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You, don't, you say, well, I'm not going near the train tracks. Well, what about the car you're about to go home in? What about, what about one of our, our members' sister who just had open heart surgery at 30 years old? Heart can stop just like that. I don't say that to scare you. I say that to get you to think. Make sure this morning that Christ is the Lord of your life. Make sure this morning that when you breathe your last breath, we don't have to be afraid. We're going right to the presence of the Lord because of everything he did. Amen. We're going to open up the altars now as they begin to sing this song. I don't do this all the time. I'd love to have everybody that would come down because I want to pray as a church to start this praying and fasting off. So let's just open up the altar and come down and find a place. Come close as you come, as we begin to sing this song. And then I'm going to pray over you, and we're going to consecrate ourselves to the Lord in prayer this morning. Amen. If you'd come, just find your way forward.